Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, as I read these two chapters here and to sort of outline what he's about here, you know, let me just read you a little bit here, and I'll probably read quite a bit this morning, but it said, as a heart, in verse 1 of chapter 42, when the heart, or dear, paineth after the water brook, so paineth my soul after thee, O God. Let me get one more verse here. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before him? Or God, when will you listen? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Now I'm going to stop right there and break this down in part this morning so we can understand it. He was writing here and, and, and he, he said, and, and if you look at this scripture, we'll go through it, you'll see that the psalmist, just like you and I, was in spiritual trouble. Not just in spiritual trouble, but is also in a health problem. Because when we have a spiritual problem, that is going to also affect our health, health being. So this psalmist, I believe David wrote him, not sure, but it sounds like his writing. But he said, his, uh, he, he said, my soul thirsteth for God. Not only for a God, but for what kind of a God? He said, my heart thirsteth for God, for, a, for the living God. You say, well, how many gods, preacher, are there? There's a lot of gods we can make out there this morning. Amen? Amen. I hope I don't have to use this over here, this, uh, this little fan thing here. For some of you that hadn't seen it, I'll show it to you. Y'all see this over here? Some of you wasn't here last week. I hope I don't have to use this, but uh, I will if need be. But, you know, I'm going to use David's these psalms. And, you know, David said, My soul thirsteth after the living God. Now, I thought about this, and I thought, you know, starting last Last March, wasn't it, when we shut down about the middle or last of last March, and we was able to shut down for like a couple of weeks. They asked us to, but we wound up for a month there, if you remember. And we Facebooked it and Facebooked it, and then we had it outside in the parking lot. Then we went down and moved everything in the basement and had it down there so we could scatter out for a while. And I think then maybe did we go back to Facebook for a little while longer, and then we come back in here for a while. And but while we were out all them months, all them weeks, did you get hungry to come to the house of God? How many of you missed coming to the house of God? And so, you know, I think. You know, we was going through a trying time, wasn't we? We was going through a trying time. 
And the psalmist here, he had been through some trying times. And that's not the only trying time we went through. We've been through trying times before. Amen. Just because we're Christians don't mean that we're not going to have problems along the way. Because we all have problems sometimes. And so we're all just like the psalmist that wrote this. Sometimes when we problems comes up in our life, and we get to feeling like that we're the only one that has a problem. I said, I, we feel like we're the only one that has a problem. I'm going after it. Somebody better say it. Okay. <laughs> and we get down, some people called, have you ever heard anybody say, Boy, I've been down in the dumps. Who's ever, anybody ever hear that said? Oh, boy, I've really been down in the dumps. Have you ever heard anybody say, Boy, I'll tell you what, the devil has worked me over this week. The devil has been after me all week. Anybody ever said that? Has anybody ever said, I don't know why, I'm going through these things that I'm going through. Has anybody ever said that? Has anybody ever got to the point that what they're going through something and they just can't seem to get through it? Have you ever been praying and say, God, where are you at? Have you ever wondered where God was at? When you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you done everything, you read and read and read, and it still felt like, Brother Mark, that if when you tried to pray, the, the word was bouncing right back in your face. I've been to the point that I've said, why me, God? Did you ever say that? Has anybody ever said, why me, God? Just like we're the only one that's ever had a problem or a situation, amen. Why me, God? Why not somebody else? Why not Tim? Why not Bevel? Why not Bo? Why not Mark? Why not, why not Tony? God, why don't they go through these things? Why is it me all the time fighting the battle, Lord? And we get to thinking like that, you know, and we get down in the dumps or we get down, you know, in the valley, so to speak, or whatever. And if we ain't careful, the next thing we'll start doing uh, is going into a pity party. Amen. Now, if you don't say, hey, man, I'm going to think you're really guilty. How many of you went through, you said, boy, been through a pity party? Some of you may not admit it, but we've all been there. You say, well, what is a pity party? Get to feeling sorry for yourself. Well, God, the, the preacher don't like me. God, the Sunday school teacher don't like me. God, my family don't like me. God, there ain't nobody likes me. God, what have I done? Going through a poor pity party. And when we get to going through a pity party, what usually happens? We start pointing fingers or reason to somebody else. Sometimes we allow things to happen in our life, and we know it's our fault because we know that it happened in our fault. Something happened in the church, something happened in our marriage, something happened in our family, and what do we start doing? What do we start doing? We start blaming everybody else. We start throwing the blame game around, don't we, Mark? 
Not just like Adam and Eve back there, but God said, of all the other trees you can eat here, but of that tree that stands in the midst, the tree of life and death, said, do not touch it, do not eat it. And what happened? Here come the devil by, just like he does you and me sometimes when God said, don't do this and don't do that. We go ahead and do it, and then we get ourselves into trouble. And just like uh, Adam and Eve uh, uh, got themselves into trouble when the old devil come by, you know. And the Bible said that, uh, he said, I know what God said, uh, but he said he, he's lying to you, so to speak. Uh, he, it will not happen. Uh, God said it, but he don't mean it uh, because God said when you eat of that tree there uh, or partake of it, uh, he said, you shall surely die. Uh, and the devil, Brother Billy, came by and said, no, uh, he didn't mean it. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, when God says something, uh, God means something. Amen. And what happened? The Bible says Eve took it and eat thereof. And then she gave it to her husband and he eat thereof. Well, let me tell you something. When God said, do not, you two do not partake of that tree, he was talking to both of them. And then what happened? After they partook of it, their eyes was open, they seen they were naked, they went and hid and they sewed fig leaves around them. And what happened next? God came walking through the garden. And he said, Oh, Adam, where art thou? And old Adam confessed up and he said, I'm hid because I am naked. And God said, Who told you you were naked? Who told you, Adam? The devil. And that's when the blame game started. Adam said, I know, God, what you said, but my wife partook of it, and then she gave it to me. And Eve said, well, the devil gave it to me. See, sometimes we need to stand up for our own failures, amen. Sometimes we need to admit uh, it's not somebody else uh, and start pointing fingers at them. Uh, we need to look at ourselves uh, and start pointing to ourselves uh, and quit blaming everybody else because uh, it gets to be a habit uh, when you blame everybody else for your failures. Uh, I know because I used to, uh, when I was out into the world, uh, uh, Tony, I blamed everybody for it. Uh, mostly I blamed my wife for what i done. Uh, I blamed my wife for being an alcoholic. I blamed her for the reason I drank. I blamed my family. I, I blamed my job. I blamed it on everybody else. Uh, but who's, who was to blame? Uh, it was I. Sometimes we need to quit pointing fingers at you uh, and start pointing fingers at me. But you see, I don't know where this, what David's problem was here, the psalmist's problem was. Uh, the only thing I know uh, 
that he had got down into one of these valleys, one of these dumps, or one of these pity parties, or whatever, uh, and, uh, because uh, uh, he said, My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, uh, Where is uh, thy God? In other words, uh, David felt like we was feeling here uh, when he was praying and wasn't getting no answers. Amen. Uh, and he got to feeling sorry for himself uh, and he got to blaming others. Amen. For it. Uh, we can't blame others. Uh, but then David went on, uh, and this is where I want to get at. Uh, in verse 4, it says, When I remembered uh, these things, I poured out my soul. Uh, and in me, then he started talking to himself. Uh, he said, I poured out my soul uh, in me, uh, for I had gone with the multitude. Uh, I wept with them to the house of God uh, with a voice of joy uh, and prayed with a multitude uh, that, kept, uh, that kept holiday. See what David said, uh, when I remembered these things, uh, can you remember sometimes uh, we need to remember some things, amen. Uh, sometimes we need to remember, uh, and I do sometimes, Brother Mark, and somebody said, well, you ought to go back and think about your past life uh, when you're out in sin. Uh, but let me tell you something, friend. Uh, it's good sometimes uh, when you get down in these valleys and all. Uh, it's good sometimes uh, to go back and remember uh, of the days past, amen. Uh, sometimes we need to go back. Back, uh, and remember uh, where the Lord found us at uh, and where we've been uh, and where we're at now uh, and we need to give God a hand of praise this morning we need to remember and David said uh, oh he said I was down in the dump my tears had been my meat day and night uh, and they continued saying to me where is thy God uh, I mean, day after day, uh, he must have been going through it. Uh, but then David stopped here uh, in verse 4, uh, and he said, But when I remembered these things, uh, I poured out my soul in me, uh, for I had gone with a multitude. Uh, I went with them uh, to the house of God uh, with a voice uh, of joy uh, and praise uh, with a multitude that kept, uh, that kept the holiday. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember in time past? This? Some of you that went to the church down before there's any churches here. I went to church right on down the road out here to the old schoolhouse is still standing. I, they had church in it. I had school in it today. And since we had church in it on Sunday morning I, and Sunday night, I, didn't have no electric. I, didn't have any padded seats. All we had was the school chairs. But we went to the house of God. Y'all, how many went down to the old Bloomington school? Let's just see your hand. Is Danny, me and Danny, the only one went to the Bloomington school? Who? In Harold. Well, Lord, y'all don't remember the services we had there, do you? How many remembers? How many remembers? Going into the old church across the road. How many remembers going in there? How many believe the services we've seen over there? How many, how many one has been in the old Bloomington school over there? How many have been to that church across the road? A lot of you have, haven't you? A lot of you haven't. But those of you that's there, can you remember the good things that happened over there? 
Can you remember going in there and the shouts rang out from wall to wall? Can you remember people running the aisles and shouting and singing? And I'm, I remember, I remember Brother Cindy one time, huh? Him and Alvin them was up there singing. Some of you remember this. Huh? And the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. Huh? And man, he took off on this left side back this way. He come out of that pulpit. And that old guitar was just bouncing. I thought, Lord, he's going to bust that guitar all to pieces. Huh? He had it ringing out of his neck. And he went all over the house of praising God. He run all the way around the church, down the aisle, back through the aisle. And that old guitar, and they just kept on singing. And he kept on shouting. And that old guitar just... I thought, well, he's going to kill somebody with it, you know. But he just going around and around his neck. Now, that man had a Holy Ghost spell, is what I call it. How many remember that? Yeah, there's a few of you remember. How many remember the day that they came through them doors over there and went to the altar and got down and poured their heart out to God? How many remember the good old days over there? How many remembers when we opened up this building here? How many remembers that? How many remembers get coming down these altars and getting saved right here? How many remember that? How many remember the, the serve, some of the service we've had just like we've been having? How many remember we're having service? Amen. We're having church now. But how many remembers days before today? And for this short week, how many remember days in past? We've been here, what, eight, nine years, ten, whatever. How many remember the good services that we've had here? How many remember if you remember coming and getting saved and if not, you didn't, oh, you was already saved. How many remember seeing people walk these aisles? How many remembers the struggles that we had in old Bloomington schoolhouse? How many believe the struggles that we used to have across the road? How many believe the struggles that was having here in Bloomington Chapel today? You see, we may have been having church at the old Bloomington school. We may have had it across the road. We may be having it here. But we've struggled along the way, and we always have, and we always will from time to time. And we need to remember that. But we also need to remember everywhere that we have been, everywhere that we've had church at, uh, and every time we've struggled, uh, we need to remember, as David said here, he's, uh, he said here, uh, he said in, uh, in verse 11, uh, he said, how many remember just us just stopping and praying and said, let's put our trust in the Lord. Let's put our trust in the Lord. I remember back when I lived in the same world, but I lived as a different man. Meaning I lived a sinful life. Danny, I remember them times, their sad memories, their hurtful memories. When I'd leave my wife, and a lot of times I left it on my own, and I remember them times. 
But I also remember the times I had no choice because she put me out. And I'd stay a while, but you're talking about struggling and going through things when I wasn't with my wife and my family. I was. I don't know whether you've ever been there and tried it or not. If you're married and you ain't never tried it, then please don't try doing it without your family. That's the lonesomest life you can live. Oh, the devil will paint a pretty picture over here. Hey, man. He'll put a pretty picture over here, and he'll put things in your mind just like he did old David. You remember the things old David here, the man after God's own heart. But what did David do? He committed murder, or he set it up. He was accessory to murder uh, and drunkenness and then uh, took a man's wife and got her pregnant and, and, and then uh, had her husband killed. Uh, but, uh, but you see, when we get out, of the reach of God. When we turn our back on God and we start going out and serving sin and doing sin, uh, we're going to wind up in trouble uh, and you will never forget the trouble that you've had. Uh, but thanks be unto God, uh, even though you'll never forget them, uh, you can't cure them yourself, uh, but you, I can tell you one that can cure them uh, and his name is Jesus this morning. His name is Jesus. He put me and my wife and my family back together. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. And I've often wondered if she hadn't felt sorry for me and know somebody had to take care of me and tuck me back, it's probably no telling who I'd be now. Perhaps in hell. You see, I thought my problems, the answer to my problems, was in the bottom of a bottle in a pill, the dance hall, the honky-tonk. I thought that was the answer to my problem. And I would say, well, I'll just go get drunk again and I'll drink my problem away. And if you drink her, you don't have to act right, answer it. But have you ever been there? Thought the bottle was the answer. Thought the needle was the answer. Thought leaving your family was the answer. Thought, thought leaving God was the answer. The devil convinced you there was more in the world to offer you than there was that God had to offer you. And I hope you found out, as I found out, that the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Amen. Never was in him, not in him now, and never will be. The Bible says in St. John 10 and 10, uh, it says he is your God. Jesus said it. The devil is your enemy. He's not your friend. The world is not your friend. And don't be convinced that it is. And if your friends ask things on, they're not your friends either.
And Jesus said, He is your enemy this morning. And He said, He's come to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus didn't stop there in 1010. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, But I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Are you glad that you felt your life in Jesus this morning? Are you glad that you know what living is about now? Somebody said, Preacher, said, after I quit drinking uh, alcohol, my friends had come up to me, some of them, and they said, Preacher, I hear you quit drinking. I've got an answer for everything, sis. You know it. Always did have that. <laughs> May not be the answer that you want to hear, but. And I would say to them, No, no, I'm not quitting. Well, somebody said you'd quit drinking. No, I didn't quit drinking. I just changed from a bottle to a fountain that never runs dry. Amen. I just <laughs> drank him from a well that never runs dry. Amen. You remember over, I believe it's over in the, uh, St. John Gospel, chapter 4 or 5 there, where Jesus met the little woman at the well at, and she came to get water at the midday hour because she was a prostitute. She had men after men, and then she didn't want to be caught with the other women. Praying. I guess she'd get whipped there, uh, but she waited for you to come early in the morning, late in the evening. And this little woman went right in the middle of the day. Let me tell you something. Jesus was on his way up to Calvary to be crucified, but he stopped there at that well uh, at the call Jacob's well. Uh, and here come this little woman he was waiting for. Hey, man, uh, let me say this morning, uh, if you're here and lost, you're here and going through some kind of a problem uh, that you don't know how to solve, uh, Jesus is waiting uh, right here for you this morning. Hey, man, you don't have a problem uh, too big that God can't solve here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and Jesus, the little woman dropped her water pail down in there and drawed it up. You know the story, most of you. Some of you don't. I'll tell it to you. And she drawed up the well and Jesus just sat there looking at her and she got her well water drawn up. And he looked at her and he said, woman, give me a drink. Woman, just give me a drink. And she looked at Jesus and she said, what are you talking about? I'm paraphrasing here now to go on. So what are you talking about asking me for? What are you doing asking me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. You know we don't get along. Especially us women are not supposed to talk to these Jewish men. They kill us if they catch us. So what do you mean talking to me? You know you're a Jew and you know I'm a Samaritan. So why did you ask me for a drink of water? Jesus, I believe, just calm as his cucumbers, old saying goes. <laughs> he said, well, if you'd asked me for a drink, I'd have given it to you. Jesus just blowed people's mind, didn't he? She said, how could you give it to me? You don't even have a bucket to drop down in there to get water up. So you couldn't give me a drink. Jesus said, oh, but you don't understand. I'm paraphrasing here. Oh, but you don't understand. 
She said, this is Jacob's well. Well, God had given him that well. And Jesus said, if you'd asked me, I'd give you a drink. She said, you can't because you don't have a bucket. He said, you need to understand, I'm not talking about this well that you just draw that water out of. You're going to take it home, and tomorrow or sooner, uh, you're going to run out of that water and get thirsty, and you're going to have to come back to this same well, and you're going to have to get you another bucket of water. Uh, but Jesus said, I'm not talking about this Jacob's well. Uh, he said, I'm talking about uh, that well uh, that I'll give you. Uh, he said, and in it, uh, he said, I'll give it to you, and it'll never run dry. And you'll never thirst again. I don't know about you, but I started drinking, Tracy, back in 1983, and I'm still drinking from the same well, and every time I go to it, I get a fresh drink out of it. Well, glory! <laughs> How many is drinking from that well this morning? I believe the more more drinks from it, the fresher it gets. The fresher it gets. Well, this show didn't go the way I had it planned this morning. But it went the way God had it planned. So if you didn't like it, blame God for it. But David... I just sense a conversation with himself here. But then he said, I started remembering the other old days. I started remembering times in past. And then I cried out to the living God. Cried out to the living God. This morning, if you're going through a situation in your life, Tony Dunn said, and I'm not throwing off on nobody because I've been there. I'm just going to say this, hoping I can help you. If you're going through a divorce, Jesus can put your family back together. I'm convinced because he did mine. If both parties is willing, now sometimes one party won't be willing, you know. But don't sit back and worry about that. Go on with life. Stay with God. Stay with God. Because you're going to have to answer for you, and they're going to have to answer for them. I'm not going to answer for your wrongs, and you're not going to answer for my wrongs. I'm not going to answer for my wife, and she's not going to answer for me. When we stand before God, we're going to stand there, and we may be like Adam and Eve was. We may point fingers and say it's his fault or her fault or his fault or somebody else's fault. God ain't going to hear none of it. He don't want none of it. Don't tell your friends about it, so to speak, because if they ain't trying to help you, they're trying to destroy you. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. If you've got a drinking problem, you don't need to go to another alcoholic or drunk and ask him for advice. If you've got a drug problem, you don't need to go to another drug addict and ask him to help you with your problems. If you've got a marriage problem, you do, don't need to go to other people and ask them to help you in it. We all need to go to Jesus and let Jesus change our life. He's the only one that can change us. 
Amen. Amen. And Jesus loves us. And we are a blessed people here at Bloomington Chapel. Now, I said we was blessed. I didn't say we was perfect, but we're blessed. I know there's a lot of love in this church. And I know I've heard people say that's come here that I have never felt as much love in a church in my life as I feel here. That's the way a church is supposed to be. Amen. We're not supposed to look down on one another, criticize or blame one another. If we see a brother or sister that's going through a situation, we just need to go put our arms around them, not question them, and just say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I'm going to be here for you. That's the kind of church that Jesus Christ is looking for. That's the kind of a people that he wants. Sis just told me some people came. Been here two or three times. Him and his wife and kids. And said he loved this church. I heard of a young man been coming some. And he told his girlfriend, said she had never been in a church like it before where he felt so much love. When young people come and young people feel it, then there's something going on with our time. Have you got a need this morning? Are you struggling this morning with a situation? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. But if you want to come and pray about it this morning, nobody will laugh at you. Nobody will make fun of you. I promise you that. But if you've got a need in your life this morning, just come up and tell Jesus about it. And we will pray with you if you want us to pray with you. You don't have to tell us what we need. 